From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. So should women play sports at all? <laughs> I'm not even going to comment this time. Here she's shaking her head. I mean, all right. I guess we should start the podcast before before I start causing trouble. Yes. All right. Welcome to the Tennis Revolution podcast. We're glad to have you back. We know some of you um, are coming back quite regularly because we are up over 700 people. People. Mm-hmm. 700 listeners. listeners. D- downloaders, actually. I don't think there's one phone and 700 people around a phone listening. So I think it's 700 downloaders, uh, which it matters. I don't even care if you listen out there. Just download it. Tell your friends to download it and then delete it immediately. That's all that matters. So uh, I got her smiling again at least, but let's get back to pissing her off again. So should women be playing sports at all? What are we actually talking about today? Good good question. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We are talking a little bit about women's sports. And uh, to some degree, how they are not as popular as men's sports. And uh, and maybe also related to, to tennis in that regard and what we could do to... I want to help it. Mm-hmm. I want to change it. I'm a man of the people. Mm-hmm. So the, the, what, what got me thinking about this topic is I was watching um, Mike and Mike probably. And they were... They, the question was about the UConn women's basketball team. So... Real quick, just for those of us who don't know what Mike and Mike is. <laughs> uh, I thought she was going to say who, who don't know what UConn are achieving right now, but she went all the way to Mike and Mike. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so sports are a thing where they play. No. Mm. All right, Mike and Mike is a fantastic morning radio show on ESPN. Okay, that's all I need to know. Thank you. And, and really, to really illustrate what Mike and Mike is, is I think we are the Mike and Mike of tennis podcasting. Yes, mm. we're the best tennis podcast ever. Uh I think we actually are, which just gives you some idea how pitiful it is out there. Uh, so Mike and Mike, yeah. So morning morning radio show that's also broadcast on ESPN two. Okay. Right. Yep. You a big fan of it? I like Mike and Mike actually. You know, I think they're going to be splitting up soon. But what? Yeah, I think Mike. Which the one? Thin Mike is going to do his own <laughs> the thin uh, what show. You didn't know that? Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, get your uh, resume ready because we're in. <laughs> yes. Got the podcast now. This this whole podcast is taking a turn for the worst. This is devastating because I, I I literally I strive to be the Mike and Mike of podcasting. Does that mean you're leaving? Well, now because you're sl- the thin one. There's a <laughs> there's a slot open now. So yeah, geez. Well, anyway, so what they were talking about was the UConn women's basketball team. Okay, so basketball. They've won like 100 a hundred in a row or something. They just as of this broadcast. They've just, uh, not just, but uh, as of this broadcast, they're up to 101. 101 in a row. Mm -hmm. Now, you might be thinking, man, that's a long season. No. It's over several seasons. Right. Including national championships and so on and so forth. Right. So, the University of Connecticut women's basketball uh, team, coached by a man, sexist, uh, is up to 101 games in a row. Why is that sexist? Because he's a man coaching. I'm just being stupid. (laughs) Okay. She's going to knock me out at some point. <laughs> You've already and riled her up in the first two minutes. Just make sure you jump in and commentate so they don't just hear like a bunch of knocking and then silence. 
Um, so 101 in a row, and let me give you just <laughs> some random scores. All right, so in basketball, every time you make a basket, it's two, or if you shoot one behind the three-point line, it's three. Make a free throw, it's one, right? So we're not scoring by tens here, okay? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. There's no uh, MTV rock and jock 50-point shot from midcourt that Kevin Hart can make, all right? This is, <laughs> this is actual real basketball. So this season... They beat a team 111 to 39. Wow. Yeah. Big spread. That's not good. No. That's how I many made it is for them. I don't know. I wonder what the spread was on that game. Probably, they probably, I would say they probably hit the over with a total <laughs> of 150 points. And, oh, I don't know. That's a, what is 111 minus 39? Come on, work it out. 72. Wow. I didn't know this is a math podcast. I was going to use my calculator. <laughs> Do you know how to use your... Calculator? All right, so <laughs> that's a bit... I can't, can't imagine... or math. Wow. I can't imagine. Not that I encourage betting. I am a college coach. Oh, by the way, hi. We're here. I'm the coach. Corey's here. Hey. There Savannah's you go. here. Savannah's here. We're all mm-hmm. here. Can I just introduce you? Can I please do my job as a podcast host? So, so yeah, so that was one game. Now... You know that was probably that was early season. I think it was the first game of this year, so it was it was probably not uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. I don't think they're Division One. So getting to the point. Of- well, hold on. There's some other scores against like some actual mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote division. You know, quality teams. Division One. They beat Dayton ninety eight to sixty five. Now that doesn't sound as bad because they just beat somebody by seventy nine points or right. whatever it was you said. So basically, they're really good. Well, uh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. They beat DePaul ninety-one to forty-six. That's ridiculous. We know where he's leading with this, right? So let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! University of South Florida. I mean, it's lovely in Florida. Which is this a time division. Of year. That's a Division One. You school. would think they would be able to um, recruit some quality athletes. UConn beat them one hundred and two to thirty-seven. Oh dear Lord! And that's got to be with backup players. The Down the stretch, I, who knows? Are there enough girls playing women's basketball to have backup? <laughs> I don't know. You wouldn't think so based on these scores. Don't roll your eyes at me. How do you lose that? I don't understand. No. So, so the uh, the the question. Well, first of all, the question that Mike and Mike were, or whoever it was, were were talking about is the fact that they are not just dominant, like a Serena type dominance, because. Mm-hmm. She loses matches. She didn't win. She has never won a full Grand Slam, like, in a calendar year, right? right? All four majors, yeah. Right. She's held all four, but not in the same year. But she's still been dominant. But 111 to 39, <laughs> that's another. So their question was, is that kind of dominance and that kind of streak over that long of a period of time? Because they play about 30 games a year. So mm-hmm. whatever that is, more math. But is that good for women's basketball? Because women's basketball is a sport at at the college level and then certainly at the pro level. Uh, they do have pro women's basketball, I think, still. Right? WNBA. No, don't roll your eyes at me. I'm serious. <laughs> so the WNBA, and, I mean, you're talking about one team that is so far and above everybody else. Does that hurt or does it help women's basketball? And so... Obviously, I don't care about women's basketball. I don't really care about men's basketball, to be honest with you. But I did sort of think, start thinking about that in context of Serena and their, you know her dominance and 
you know, has that helped or hurt America, which is American tennis, women's tennis in particular, but in general, but America mainly because that's, you know, I'm not broadcasting from the Czech Republic here, so it's all about American tennis. So let's just start with the UConn argument. I mean, do you think that hurt, hurts or helps? We'll start Savannah because she is just I mean, steaming at me but nonstop. Wh- I guess why would it hurt? I guess I have trouble seeing what the damage would be. Because no one needs to watch it. Because if, if you're just you, always going to win. If you gave me $1 million right now, and I was allowed to bet because I'm an NCAA <laughs> coach, I cannot bet. But if I was allowed to bet, mm-hmm. I would put all $1 million on UConn and walk away. And I'm... And, I don't need to play. Okay, the so the argument the argument is that it's causing less excitement, so people aren't going to be as prone to going to the games and actually watching the sport. Correct. Okay, for this particular team. For the sport in general. I see. I don't think this particular team is going to affect the sport in general. This is one team. Well, I mean, all right. So how about maybe not the sport? I mean, probably of, no other teams ever done that. Except them had a record before. Right. I mean, they've had streaks in Tennessee. Like this. I mean, like this is it. Probably the longest, okay. but this is the so, longest. So then they're they're well known for being a very strong team on yeah, a regular it, basis, right? Okay, but bef- so I mean, before them, I mean, you had Tennessee, who had Pat Summit was their longtime world renowned or whatever coach, and they had they had streaks, mm-hmm. but I just don't really see how it can hurt the hurt the game. I mean, I understand what you're what you're saying in, in terms of it decreases the excitement, but and there's still always a chance that they're going to lose. Well, you know, my argument is what they get too cocky. Why or, do you need to watch anyone else but them? So their games are probably more popular than ever. But any other teams, if they're all playing for second place, why do you need to watch it? I don't know. I mean, people are watching other teams still, but if you know one team is going to win the championship, why do you need to watch the seven through ten teams? Well, play? I think there's also the idea of trying to decide whether they're really good. Or everybody else is really bad. Right. That was the argument I was waiting on. I, I knew that was coming. Well, so, I mean, I don't think that everyone else is really bad. They're just a much higher level. So, if you compared it to tennis, it would be like, you know, Serena versus everyone else. She's just that far above, which we talked about a little bit last week. Well. Wh- why it's difficult to. But she doesn't. She she loses sets regularly. Now, early they, rounds, you know, she'll roll, but... I mean, people score on them. It's the same concept. Well... It is. It's the same concept. Not 111 to 39. Not that particular score, no, but the other scores are closer. 95 to 32. Well, I think, like, what if... There's still closer scores. There's going to be 43. See? If UConn not, loses, people might not, not close. people might not go to watch college basketball. If they lose, then there's no excitement of the streak, and you still know UConn's the best team... Well, all right. So I think the first argument, are they hurting it in the short term? I think for sure they're hurting it in the short term because there is the only interest you would have is will they lose? Right. But that's any streak. Yeah. Any streak. And then I think you're right that as soon as that streak's over, now what's left? But the other side of that is, is... If you have a group of teams that are coming up like for the next three or four weeks, you know, not weeks because they play multiple times a week in basketball, but you have several teams coming up that aren't really – I mean, they play University of South Florida again on their schedule. Is anybody interested in even trying to watch – they 
They but, beat, I mean, Southern Florida, University of Southern Florida is a legitimately a Division One program. Their their football team has been decent. Their basketball, men's basketball team. I mean, they're they're a fully funded large state university in Florida, and they got beat 102 to 30. I might so, be able to score 37 by myself <laughs> against UConn's women's team. So I mean, to me, this would be Doubtful. an, an easy. This would be an easy thing to actually figure out because they're going to know how many fans are coming to their games. So if they have actually seen a decrease in ticket sales, then yes, it's affecting it. If they haven't, then no, it's not. It's as simple as that. Well, but I, but I don't think the there's amount, a bigger impact than that. I think. Well, they they were talking about college women's basketball in general, in terms of its popularity and growing the game. I mean, because obviously, Division One men's basketball is hugely popular, particularly in March. Right, March Madness. Right. I mean, they had some company giving a billion dollars away a couple of years ago if you got the entire bracket right. Because they know that's impossible. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think more people are probably going to be talking about women's college basketball and watching it until that streak ends. And then when it ends, people are going to go back and not care as much about it. And so how are we relating this back to tennis? Is what, what's really important. It is. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Now I would say that for sure Serena's not at the same level of popular um, dominance because mm-hmm. th- this is a ridiculous level of dominance for they haven't lost right. It's not the same, but it's similar at all. There's some similarities, I think, between the gap in their like their ability versus the other schools below them. And her ability versus... Well, and here's the other thing, is I think that the the UConn question is in relation to the popularity of men's basketball. Okay. Which I would say there's a much well, I mean, wider... Are, I mean, how we can't really compare the two. Focus. There's a much, I think there's a much wider gap between men's college basketball and women's college basketball than men's professional tennis. And believe me, I'm not talking about college tennis because nobody cares about that. You mean a gap between like who watches it? No, no, no popularity. Just yeah. overall, okay. whatever, okay. whatever. Because ticket sales. I mean, you're talking about an arena in Connecticut that holds, you know, fifteen thousand or ten thousand at the most. Probably, I don't know, maybe more. I'm, I'm, who knows? But so that's not really the, you know, because nobody, nobody. I mean, to me, that just speaks to the difference between team sports and individual sports. Well, no, no. What I'm saying is they're trying to figure out is, hey, is this streak hurting or helping women's basketball? And they're saying in relation, I'm assuming, in relation to the popularity of men's basketball. And that might be an easier gap to see because it is so wide. Whereas I think tennis, particularly you have, I mean, you have March Madness, which is its own tournament for men. I mean, women have theirs, but the men's is a whole situation unto its own. And then you have... For tennis, though, the biggest tournaments are all together. It's right. a whole big, you know, shindig. So I, I think that that's one one tricky part. So I guess really, so yeah. But ultimately, the question is how, you know, does Serena and her dominance hurt or help women's tennis or tennis in general? So why don't we talk about that when we come back? <laughs> To join the revolution, go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas.
All right, we are back, and uh, we are here to answer the biggest question out there. Should women be playing tennis at all? So frustrating. I can't help it. Okay. I don't mean that, of course. Mm-hmm. I just do that to make you I know you do. insane. <laughs> of course women play tennis, of course. But the question we were talking about is, in relation to the UConn question, is the streak of 101 in a row and the complete dominance of the UConn women's basketball team hurting college women's basketball and its popularity and relating that to Serena's dominance. Now, the first thing I would say is, I mean, I don't think Serena's dominance is even 70% to the level of the dominance of UConn. Right. I agree with that. I mean, she's like you said, she wins a lot, but she loses five, six matches every year at least and doesn't win all the major tournaments and all that. Now that you say that, <laughs> so it's five or six matches a year. Now that you say that, because <laughs> you know, they only play thirty games, right. including you know, and maybe a little more, including their uh, conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Uh, and she's playing, although I guess she's probably playing a lot less matches now than she used to. Um, she probably plays fifty or sixty a year, maybe at the most. Hmm. So five, yeah. So I mean, still one hundred and one over several years and winning national championships. I mean, they basically, that's their grand slam. Um, that's their U.S. Open or whatever. But, uh, but yes, I, I don't think her dominance is to that level. But I also don't, I don't think that UConn's competition is to the level of Serena's competition. Right, and I think one of the issues is if you've got a team and one player has a terrible day, you can still win the game. If you're in tennis and you have a terrible day, you lose. you're done. <laughs> right. So there's that element too, but... And that's why tennis is better than every other sport, except MMA. I can't agree with that. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> come on. But speaking that's of, the purest form of competition. MMA. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But speaking of MMA and women's sports, so Ronda Rousey was undefeated for a long time. Oh, look at this guy and, dropping knowledge. <laughs> and MMA was really popular. Women's. Mm-hmm. And then she lost. And what happened? I don't know. Nobody cares about MMA. Aha. So it was her specifically that was drawing the crowd. So once UConn loses, well, she was on. Un- yeah, she was undefeated. Like you, I mean, she was. She got knocked out like she twice. She's yeah. lost twice. Badly. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, listen. She would kick. She would kick my ass. <laughs> Another thing I'd like to see. She would kick my ass as bad as Serena would kick my ass in tennis. Except <laughs> it wouldn't hurt as bad right. in tennis. God, she would kick my ass. Ronda Rousey would. I don't care how many times she lost. She would bite me. It would be bad. Well, I remember they had Serena was in the U.S. Open semifinals. Uh, a couple years ago, and as soon as she lost, the ticket prices dropped seventy five percent or something like that. You know, they were selling tickets for the finals for twenty two hundred dollars, and then when she lost, they dropped down to four or five hundred. So, yeah, once these undefeated players lose our teams, you know, the interest goes down. So that's so really the that. I mean that that just shows that their undefeated streak actually is increasing ticket sales. Well, I so think, it's not hurting. Right. Well, right. which Until tournament are we talking about? Well, that was the U.S. Open when. So you're talking she was about for the career uh, calendar Grand Slam. So career Grand Slam, our calendar Grand Slam, our home Slam. Right. And she's the American, American player, is she? <laughs> Obviously. So she's American. Can I finish my thought? No. Have you ever done a podcast before? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, wait. You've only done three. All right. Fair enough. So, so an American player at an at our American Slam, and going for. Something that hasn't been done since Steffi. Right. So, I don't think that's got to do with her dominance per se. I think that's the occasion and all that goes around um, 
all the all the factors combined with it. But I think Ronda Rousey is a good comparison because she was as dominant as UConn. I think the tricky part about that is there's just not a lot of women MMA fighters. Right. There's just not. I mean, they they I don't think they had women at at first at all, and then as it got more popular and more women got interested in it, then then it came. But so that's kind of a tricky comparison because. Even though women's basketball is nowhere near, you know, like the UConn men are way more popular, I'm sure, right in in the in the country than UConn women. But there's still a ton of women's basketball players at every level, junior, you know, kids, you know, AAU, right. all that kind of stuff. So apparently, only one competent one, <laughs> or, or five, <laughs> right? Five competent players, and they all go to UConn. Yeah. So I think that's the question: is you know, going back to is UConn's streak really impressive or are they just beating inferior players well i well who cares about uconn because basketball's dumb <laughs> we've already established tennis is the best sport ever not women's basketball stop making faces all basketball is dumb so but i think from the standpoint of serena and how does her dominance affect it i mean i i would say probably it helps american tennis in the long run at least american women's tennis yeah, and I think it encourages you know more people to get into tennis and all that. And I think honestly, what makes Serena so fun to watch is a lot of people want to root against her or for her. So she's kind of a lightning rod, one way or the other. I don't feel like people are rooting against UConn. I'm not going to tune in to watch UConn lose, right? Because you don't care enough, right? But, but do you so, watch college basketball at all? I'll watch March Madness men's, you know, but that's about it. So you're anti-woman. <laughs> Why don't you glare at him? Do you watch? Why don't you glare at him every now and again? Do you watch women's basketball? No, but I don't watch men's basketball. I was about to say regular. Do you watch? Listen, wait, wait. Uh-huh. You, I got to get this. You, I want you basketball. to really stare at me. Uh-huh. I was about to say no, but I don't watch regular basketball either. So sexist. <laughs> it's not sexist. It is. No, here's what. Listen, here's the bottom line. Why would UConn be the most pot? They're the best women's team in the history of college women's basketball. And I guarantee you the worst team in the history of Division One's mas- basketball could beat them. I mean, it might be from the 50s, so they'd all be dead. But whatever. My point being is, it's still not the highest level of basketball. And I think that's a factor that, I mean, I'm not sexist to say that, am I? Don't eyeball me. For other reasons, I might be. I will determine that later. But for that purpose, I mean, I know you take, what you're saying. I mean, listen, basketball, you know, to the side, let's just talk about tennis. Federer is or Murray or whoever right now is number one in the world. Who is number one? Is it Murray still? Murray, I think, yeah. Barely. So Murray's the number one player in the world. We should know that, by the way. This is a tennis podcast. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. But all we care about is women's tennis here, so I don't <laughs> oh know what you're gosh. talking about. You oh, son my of a- gosh. So. <laughs> I can't even. Are you a millennial? I can't even. She just said I can't even. Too. How old are you? Are you 12? Are you Twittering right now? I can't even. I don't have Twitter. Nobody does. All right, so, but we don't say the number one men's tennis player in the world. You don't have to. Right. Because he's the best tennis player out of all seven point whatever billion people on earth. Mm-hmm. Serena is not. Right. She is the best women's player. Again, would she beat me? Yes. Would she beat you? Yes. Yes. 95% of men. Right. But that's not who we're talking about. So I, I do think to some degree there is part of that in terms of popularity, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, which is kind of getting away from our original question, but... Um, maybe our original question is dumb in relation to Serena because right. I, I, I don't think it's a good comparison. I mean, it's not a great comparison, but there is 
similarities. Uh, there are similarities. Way to bail me well, out. And I think I'm one of the reasons idea. men's and women's tennis are both similar in popularity is they run the same time, like you mentioned before, whereas to tune into a women's basketball game is a whole different time and place than the men's. But I, one of the things that I think, so for the the popularity between men and women's basketball and the men and women's tennis, something I mentioned earlier is I think that that has more to do with the fact that there's less of a gap between the popularity of men and women's tennis because it's an individual sport. I think there's more of a gap for team sports between men's and women's. I think that makes a really big difference. Yeah. Meaning because an individual, you can get behind a player and right. like, be a fan of a player. Yeah. You, you have more of a connection with one player. Right. And every year. As a, a tennis team, fan, obviously, you know, I well, mean. But every year a team's going to be different players. You right. That connection. There's not the same connection. It's not the same continuity as a fan. I think that that's part of it, a big part of it. Well, I go through that with uh, being a Steelers fan because some people are fans of football teams but really get hung up on the cult of personality of players. And I don't care about what players right. are on my team. I literally just care about the team. And They, they if, could trade the whole team and you would yeah, still be really like As long that, as they don't suck. I, I mean, feel like that's more common, though. That's a more common belief system for, for team sports. Oh, just the team and mm-hmm. not the players? Right. Unless Most people care more about the team than individual players right. now. Well, they might have a favorite. Unless or, it's know. a beautiful specimen of a, me, a men's uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> By the way, now listen, let me tell you something. I say that in jest and she giggles at me. But, uh, damn it. I might have a newfound love for Tom Brady in, in a purely platonic way. What now? Did you not hear of this tennis connection to Tom Brady? I did not. Oh yeah. my God, you people suck at tennis podcasting. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. So one of the, you might be able to guess, You, I don't know. One of the books or a book or a tool he uses in terms of his preparation for competition is a tennis book. Inner game of tennis. Oh, he knew it. Yeah, so he was spotted with a inner game of tennis, the world famous um, uh, tennis book. Um for mental toughness, basically, I guess you kind of the easiest way to put it. So Tom Brady, the most beautiful, I mean, the greatest quarterback <laughs> in the history of the game, as they say, uh, Dan Marino, um, is uh, partly partly uh, responsible for all of his success is uh, tennis. You think we'd have more? You think we'd have more players that gave a shit about tennis? And does he even play tennis? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. Although, you know, in my, my high school, um, our starting quarterback also played tennis and he was like one of he was like our number one or two player. Did he get beat up by all the cool kids? No. Oh, no and he actually football. and he actually went and play he ended up playing like football for A and M, I think. But he was really good at tennis too. He was better at football, but Yeah. Well no, but I, I thought uh That was an interesting combination. Yeah. His dad thought. was the football coach. Oh, well there you go. But he still played tennis. I was very surprised. Well, I think something we alluded to on a podcast uh, before is that, uh, hey, I'm hoping all these children get brain damage because that's the only way we're going to grow <laughs> ten. No, I don't want to hurt children. I really don't. But all the dangers, the more and more dangers they come out with. Uh, Contact mean, sports. It seems like <laughs> common sense when you watch little eight-year-olds in little tiny helmets running into each other. That, that can't possibly be good for your brain. Well, and we're talking about dominance. Um Neither of you know this, I bet, but I'm going to quiz you. There is a person in tennis B. who has won 470 matches in a row. And that's the longest tennis streak in history. 
And who is it? If it's you, I'm shutting <laughs> this podcast down and burning the studio I, to the ground. I got stopped at 469. I didn't make the record. All right. Who 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 is it? Esther Vergeer. Who the hell is that? Best wheelchair women's tennis player of all time. Aha. Uh-huh. So she won 470 matches in a row. You are in, you awesome. save this podcast from my lack of inclusiveness. That's but, actually pretty awesome. So is that amazing or is there not very much competition well, or both? Probably both. Probably, probably both. They're probably, probably an, ele- an element of both. And yeah. still somebody that would probably kick my ass. <laughs> and she won many matches 6060. Probably somebody that would kick my ass if I got two bounces also. <laughs> so there's probably not a large amount of competition. Right. You know. But, I mean, I don't think of any activity or game or sport or anything that you could just start doing right now. Could you win 470 whatever in a row of anything, even if no one played it? That's not easy. So no. competition notwithstanding, it's still not easy. That's Yeah, and to do that, I mean, over 10, 15 years is impressive. I don't care who you're playing. Cause, you know, I mean, but the question is, did any more people watch wheelchair tennis because of that? Probably not. More people might have been interested in watching her, but the whole sport, not necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's a hard thing because I don't, they don't even hardly – I have seen it on um, DirecTV. Once again, uh, they need to be a sponsor for the love of Pete. They need to, re- because that's the greatest invention for watching tennis is all the mixed channels you get. Yeah, you and can so, watch seven courts or six, courts. including watching some wheelchair tennis. That's impressive. All right, so have we solved anything? No, no I don't think we ever do. So women still get equal prize money for some reason <laughs> because they're equal beings. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Andy Murray could beat. The living hell out of Serena. Well, and it's more about, I guess, how many people watch each one. Aha! And they don't want to quantify that. Savannah, he's got it. But He's got it. He's smart. I'm rubbing off on him. <laughs> but they've done studies that when you combine men's and women's tennis into one tournament, the tournament is more popular. So it benefits both genders to have them combined. Now, whether more people are going to watch the men or the women is up for debate. Well, and they mix them all in so you can never tell. Right. That's how they get but you. But obviously it's going to bring more. That's how know. they get you. I mean, and I'm not going to turn the TV off if a women's match comes on. Um, maybe some people do, but. Yeah, I like this guy. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know how hot those women are? Are you kidding no, me? There are not that many hot ones. There are. That's, it's uh, gotten better. Savannah's correct about that. Yeah, but they're, but they're not. It's, it's few and far between. I think. Well, I'm almost 44. Okay, so my, my bar has been lowered a bit. <laughs> that's so awful and sexist. But um, All right, so. Uh, UConn women are ruining college basketball, but who cares because all basketball is awful. Right, because nobody's watching regardless of whether they win 500 in a row. And March Madness is the only thing that matters in the regular season. Nobody cares about the regular season. There are teams that are under... there are a lot of people that watch men's college basketball. Maybe, maybe. But it it probably jumps up 3,000% in March Madness. Well, yeah, obviously. Gambling. But if you heard that UConn was losing by 10... A few minutes left, would you turn it on? Yes, immediately. Yeah, so that would, you know, for the short term, they would build a bigger audience, but then once they lose, you're never going to watch another game until they win 99 in a row again. 100, because they're at 101. <laughs> so 101. So. All right, so I don't know if we solved anything. I don't even know if we talked about a question that anybody cares about, to be honest with you. I just did, and ultimately that's what it matters. Why are you shaking your head? Just say, say I'm an asshole. Don't shake your head. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Don't be shy. I, I think we had a relevant topic. I think... 
Well, listen. Our sport, I think, does the best job of putting forth both genders, both the product as well as the coverage and the and all that. So, once again, tennis is the best sport ever. Something so? we you all think can we, agree on, I mean, or not? You, <laughs> Better than any other sport, maybe soccer. To be honest with you, yeah, because our like wor- but our m- women's soccer team is way better re- relative to the men's in the world. I mean, obviously, head to head, we dominate. You know, men would dominate. All right, so uh, until next time, thank you for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bye.